Hello. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's 7.09 p.m. here in uh, whatever part of Michigan we're in. It's nighttime and it's very cold. Whatever part of Michigan we're in. Not just Michigan. Because Michigan is in two different time zones. Just this part. I'm just trying not to triangulate us further than already telling people where my job is. We haven't told people where our job is. I did, yeah. In one of the episodes. I think it was in the Rose Larner episode. I like, I said, if my job wasn't in... I thought I took that out. You did not. I'm so sorry. It's okay. But we did take out the part where I like said something about the park. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I'm sorry. I would have taken it out. It's fine. Now I'm just repeating it for everyone to hear again. <laughs> I can go back and listen to it now. All right, don't. Please don't. Leave me alone. Just kidding. I love you. Stalk me. I'll stalk you back. Our Instagrams are freak on a leash and K underscore MCN. Yeah, baby. Slide in our DMs, but platonically, please. Be respectful. Yeah. We have boyfriends. Yeah. I have eight. <laughs> I only have one. Unless you include Matthew Gregoobler, then I have two. You definitely have two. Yeah, you're right. Prison read. Prison read. Oh, that hair. Ooh. Oof. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> Anywho, this is not the content you signed up for. So, welcome to the Creepy Ouija Show. It is our second episode of our second season. Um, I guess we'll just dive right in because I don't have anything else to say. I don't either. Okay, so today I'm doing a haunted object, and so when I was looking around for like haunted objects to do, I saw this one and it like caught my eye, and I just like couldn't stop thinking about it. So I decided to do it. Um, it's not covered very often, and I think it's because there's not a lot of information out there on it. Right. Um, my information on this object starts and ends in 2015. I did reach out to the owners and ask them for more like current information or if they, you know, like had any more interactions with the object, you know, but. They haven't replied to me yet. I mean, it's the weekend, so, you know. I messaged them on Friday. It's Sunday. I obviously wouldn't expect them to work on the weekend. Right. This is America. Is is that object their job? Yeah. So, okay. So, this object that I'm covering is the Dark Mirror, and it is owned by Greg and Dana Newkirk, who own the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. Oh. Yes. So, back in 2014, a woman went to a psychic expo and ended up purchasing a black mirror, which is an object that's used for scrying. I don't know if you've ever heard of scrying before. So, scrying is the practice of looking into any suitable object or surface in hopes of seeing spiritual visions or messages. Typically, this is depicted in the media as looking into a crystal ball. So, like, psychics are like, let me look into my crystal ball. That is called scrying. Some people use crystals. Some people use mirrors. They do make the the black glass mirrors for scrying specifically. Um, But you can use, like, a bowl of water. And some people even use, like, candle flames. Okay. Uh, It's just really anything that, like, calls to you and, like, is kind of reflective. Like, with a flame, it's a little bit different. But, like, I've still heard of people doing it. You could probably do it with a wall. Whatever, Whatever you set your mind to, you can... You can do it. Just do it. Yeah, you can just do it. So, um, yeah, you can use whatever you want. Uh, so, yeah, they make the black mirrors specifically for scrying. And I'm sure you know that if you've ever looked into a mirror for too long, weird things can start happening very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so, like, a lot of people experience, like, their face changing or like seeing movement um some people see object objects or like shapes appear um but some people see like apparitions which is like successful scrying i guess um but this woman uh she was like hellbent on perfecting scrying like she really wanted to get into it she was super spiritual but her interaction with this mirror did not go very very well at all so she tried every day for hours to properly scry and as 
she tried more and more it like it wasn't working for her and she was getting like discouraged but she like couldn't put it down so she had a close relationship with her daughter who would like call her regularly to chat and her daughter began noticing that they're like usually like normal if not positive uh conversations started turning like really dark and gloomy so the woman expressed to her daughter that she was getting frustrated with the mirror because it just wasn't working the woman was growing increasingly distant and withdrawn and finally her daughter came over and like demanded basically that her mom hand this over she's like this is like taking over your life you know like it's obviously not healthy it's not working for you maybe we should just move on to something else my mother would wreck me if i told her that you were trying to scry with a black mirror no like if i'm like okay you're done here oh yeah yeah she would wreck me yeah my mom would be like shut the fuck up <laughs> let me be literally leave me in my mirror alone don't ever talk to me in my mirror again same <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this mirror was like taking over her mom's life and she decided that it would just be best if she got rid of it so the the when she went to go pick it up her mom was like visibly distraught and like she kind of anticipated like a little bit of a struggle but her mom just handed it over she went to go retrieve it from a locked closet where it had been tucked away under a black veil and the daughter's like why are you keeping this in a closet and her mom just looked her dead in the eyes and was like it's evil <gasps> yeah so gross so yeah the daughter was like okay i'm gonna take this she grabbed it she left and then she didn't really like know what to do with it so she ended up getting in touch with greg newkirk and decided to donate the mirror to his traveling museum she admitted to greg that she didn't exactly believe that the mirror was like haunted or Mm -hmm. evil but she like could not shake the like creepy heebie-jeebie feeling that she had so she like handed it over she's like get this out of here so Greg happily took the mirror off of her hands and displayed it, still under its black veil, on the mantle in his living room. Like mm. th- this couple, the the Newkirks are like they're like ghost hunters and stuff like are that. Are they kind of like the Warrens, where their house is like their museum? So it's a traveling museum, so they like will pack oh, up okay, and okay, take okay. all their stuff. But as far as I know, they like at this point were keeping all of their haunted objects in their home. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, on June 20th, 2015, uh, when Greg was going over his museum's inventory while packing to head out for the Perry's, Perrysville Battlefield, um, which was the museum's next stop, Greg decided to bring the mirror along for its first ever public display. In his weekendweird.com blog post, which is unfortunately, like, the only source of information I could find, um... Greg noted that oftentimes when he and his wife would set up for an event, people would, like, naturally be drawn to their, like, booth or whatever, um, obviously because they had a lot of weird and creepy items. But it seemed like this mirror was just, like, drawing people in because, like, an unusually large crowd began to form before they were even done setting up. And people were like, what's that? What's under that veil there? So, as people began to inquire about the item draped in cloth, the Newkirks shared what they knew about it and openly shared that if you wanted to, you are welcome to look into the mirror, but you're doing so at your own risk. And Greg and I don't think his wife either, I don't think Dana had actually looked into the mirror themselves at this point. So, they were just kind of like keeping, you know, the mysticism alive. So... A lot of people were like, nope, 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 no thank you. I'm not doing that to myself. And uh, I don't I don't blame them. But one woman uh, was very brave. She was quick to like swipe it up and look deep into this dark glass. And Greg watched her face turn from skepticism to pure horror in under 30 seconds. That's crazy. And then she quickly set the mirror face down and like kind of like took a step back and was just like shook. And Greg was like, what did you see and she said i saw my own decomposing corpse looking (gasps) back at me that's a dark mirror i should not have done that i need to go say a prayer excuse me (gasps) how terrifying so her saying i need to go say a prayer reminds me of um so my mom is a realtor 
and it was like probably like five years ago she went to go to this house and she took me and my sisters with her um i don't think anybody was coming to look at it but like she was going to look at the house like herself before like i don't know before she brought people in it probably yeah and like i remember this house was just like really cold and it was like really like white inside Mm -hmm. like too white inside and um we were we all kind of like spread out and like we're just like looking around and I walked down into the basement and I was like overtaken with this like overwhelming sense of dread and then I had this like weird vision of like somebody bleeding a lot like upstairs in the like kids bedroom and then I like went to my mom and I was like mom I think I I'm pretty sure that this place is like haunted like there's something not good happening here and she had found this room under the stairs that was full of children's toys <gasps> yeah it was really creepy so Potter shit. I know so like, I, I, I can say that now <laughs> yeah since you watched Harry Potter that's so funny but yeah so my mom was like oh shit we need to get the fuck out of here so she like rounded my sisters up we fucking yeeted out of that house got in the car and my mom had to pull over on the way like home and like pray over us because she was freaked the fuck out my mom is pretty empathetic and like sensitive to stuff like that how old were you i mean i was like in my late teens probably or like my early 20s are you the oldest out of your you are you the oldest i'm the oldest girl i have an older brother okay yeah but yeah so it was like me and my two sisters and my mom and we're all just like what the fuck was that and then yeah so my mom had to pray over us and like that lady saying i need to say a prayer just like made me think of that i was just like prep back some trauma yeah but also the lady said uh that's a dark mirror and that's kind of where like they picked up the name the dark mirror for this Mm -hmm. object and it just kind of stuck so it didn't take long for word to spread about the mirror across the event um, over the course of the event, many people worked up the courage to take the mirror into their hands, hold it up, and look into the dark glass. Um, for some, all they found was just their own normal face staring back at them, which, you know, can be scary. But it's not decomposing corpse scary. Right. But other people weren't so lucky or, you know, unlucky if they wanted to see something frightening. Greg and Dana watched one after the other doubtful faces contort into horrified faces as people reported strange visions warped faces accompanied by intense feelings of dread one woman decided to put her palm to the glass and i'm sure a lot of people know that like the hands are two very strong energy points in the body um energy workers use their hands to channel energy i'm a reiki master so like if you if you look at like a chakra chart there's two there's one point on each hand and it's kind of like a neutral area but like when you press your hand to something you kind of like start absorbing that energy Mm -hmm. you know so she put her hand to this dark mirror and um she experienced seeing herself as a rotting corpse and she also said that she saw like other like terribly horrific visions and she wouldn't even say what they were out loud like she was just like terrified to her core so when she took her palm off of the glass she noticed that her palm print was smudged there so she tried to wipe it away obviously um but this palm print would not budge like it was just not going anywhere like it wouldn't it wasn't even smudging you know so like she he said he she spent the better part of like 20 minutes or so trying to wipe it away and it just wasn't going anywhere and then finally she like threatened to like smash the mirror and it just disappeared i feel like that'd be like the mirror attaching itself to you or like like whatever is in the mirror mm-hmm. like attaching itself to you yeah yeah like you said like the palm or like your hands are like a huge energy source in the human body so like yeah if they can just penetrate that ground. Seriously, you are basically, like, holding hands with a demon at that point. Like, what are you doing? So, is this, like, 
Like, you know how my mirror in my room, like, the really tall? Mm -hmm. Is it, like, that, or is it, like, a small? So, it's, like, it's, I would describe it as the size of, like, a notebook or, like, a laptop if it's, you know, closed. It's, like, handheld. Okay. But still, like, big enough, you know? So, Greg noted that the mirror seemed different after that event. Like, like, it was stronger. Like, the energy around it was stronger than before. He took it home, and he placed it back on his mantle under its veil, like it had been before. But in the days after the event, Greg would, like, find himself zoning out, only to snap back and realize he'd been staring at the mirror the whole time. Ew. Yeah, he was, like, feeling like the mirror was, like, calling to him and, like, wanted him to use it. But he stayed drunk, and he kept his eyes averted because, you know, he, like, still wasn't about to, like, look into the mirror and be disappointed if nothing happened. That's, like, my mirror story. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tell them. I think I told them in the Creep Show episode. Oh, you did? Yeah. I woke up staring at myself in the mirror. Oh, my like God. Like, I was sleepwalking. I, I'm pretty sure I said it in the Creep Show episode. You probably did. That is so creepy. I think about that sometimes. I think about it all the fucking time. That's so scary. Like, anytime I, like, walk in my room and, like, because I've done that before. Like, I've zoned out, like, mm-hmm. staring at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, like, nothing weird has happened. But, like, it is kind of an eerie thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is. No, thank you. I think about it every time I do my makeup. I'm like, what if I just, like, what if my reflection, like, didn't move, but I'm moving? That is, like, terrifying. I used to, like, stare at myself in the mirror and, like, watch my eyes move Mm -hmm. just to, like, I don't know why, but it was just a thing I used to do, and I was so infatuated with the fact that, like, my eyes, like, my pupils, like, never moved. So I would just, like, yeah, I would just, like, turn my head and, like, watch my eyes, like, stay in the same place. Uh Uh-huh. I've done that, too. (laughs) It was weird. I used to do it all the time when I was a kid. That's so funny. Yeah, I would be like, if I move my eyes fast enough, maybe, like, the mirror will lag and I'll catch No, I know. I've done that, too. Like, maybe if I, like, move quick enough and, like, look back fast enough, I'll be able to see my eyes move. It reminds me of that picture of that kid. Um, It's, like, this, like, toddler. And it's a photo of him in the kitchen. And there's a reflection on the oven of the kid, and in the reflection, his eyes are closed. But in the picture, his eyes are open. <gasps> what? Yeah, it's so creepy. I've never seen that. It's possible that it was edited, but, like, I remember seeing that and be like, no, 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 I'm good. Thank you. Hard pass. No fucking thank you. All right, so anyway, uh, this happened over the next month until it was time to bring the mirror out on another excursion. This time, the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult was headed to Penhurst Asylum in Pennsylvania. So, again, the mirror was the star of the show, even before the show started. So, the property caretakers of the asylum stopped by to check things out, just like everyone else, you know, at the last show. They were drawn to the mirror. Sorry, the way I said that sentence was really (laughs) weird. (laughs) So, the property caretakers stopped by to check things out. And just like everyone else at the last show, they were drawn to the mirror. That makes more sense. (laughs) Greg filled them in on the history and the odd events that happened just the month before, and then offered for them to take a whirl at it. And one lady agreed, and she picked it up and looked into the dark glass, and just like everyone else, her face went from pretty much chill to what the fuck is this shit? She said she watched her mouth in the mirror move as if she was whispering, but she had not moved. She had not been whispering. That's, like, a thing in scary movies where, like, you can't, like, hear what they're saying, but something is, like, saying something to you. Right. And they're, like, their mouth is, like, moving, like, very, very slightly, and, like, they're not, like, (laughs) actually talking. I don't know. That shit scares me. No, thank you. Yeah, it, like, makes my stomach hurt. (laughs) Between, like, this story and, like, doing Bloody Mary last week, I don't think I'm going to be looking in mirrors for a while. I'm just going to stop doing that. Oh, yeah, that one was, like... I mean, it was, like more like the history but but the lore itself is a mirror yeah so this was just the beginning of the weirdness to come over the course of the event news of the haunted mirror spread like wildfire but the reports of the glass gazers were different this time things that they were experiencing were darker so one large openly skeptical man laughed in the face of the idea that a measly little mirror could be causing this much of a commotion so he bounded up to it swooped it up and looked right in and this man watched his reflection remain the same until a man poked out from behind him and this wasn't just any man it was himself poking out from behind himself <gasps> looking directly at him and then walking away nope no that is so 
terrifying. That's ugh. Yeah. So obviously he was he put that shit down real quick and it was like good fucking riddance. I'm getting the fuck out of here. No. Yeah. So it it seemed like you know with every interaction the mirror was getting stronger and it was just like feeding off of people's energy. So now it started branching out, not only limiting itself to visuals. A lot of people reported they were getting like headaches and feelings of electricity when they picked it up, which like typically means it's charged up with energy. Yeah. And that can be positive or negative. You know, you can feel electricity on any item that's charged up, but like clearly this is charged negatively and it's charged up. It's like full battery. Let's fucking go. So people also started to say that like their arms were sore from holding it so like after they would like try to look into it their arms would get really sore but like mind you this is a small mirror you know like the size of a notebook or a laptop and it doesn't weigh that much i mean glasses can be heavy but like this isn't a heavy object right you know and it's definitely not heavy enough to like make your arms sore from holding it for a couple of minutes and like Usually people can only make it like 30 seconds before something happens and they set it down. So the the scariest one of all to me is this woman reported that as she looked into the mirror, she didn't see anything, but she felt and tasted her mouth fill up with blood. It It's a specific and like kind of uncomfortable feeling to have your mouth full of liquid, you know? Yeah. And, like, for it to feel that way and taste like blood, like, I can only imagine if, like, she had opened her mouth, still looking in the mirror, and it, it like, would just be, like, Pour, blood just, like, pouring pour out. out. Yeah. I used <sighs> to do that in the shower. Missed opportunity. <laughs> you used to do that in the shower. Like, fill up my mouth with water and then just, like, <laughs> push my tongue out and make it all come out. I used to, like, let my mouth fill up with saliva and then swallow all of it. I did that when I was a kid, but then I realized how gross it was. Yeah, no, it's disgusting. I don't do it as an adult, but <laughs> I did it a lot as a child. Like I, I did that as a kid, too. Or I would blow, like, spit bubbles. I would always do it while my mom was, like, tanning. She used to go tanning a lot and, like, leave me in the car, and I'm, like, didn't have a cell phone, so I guess I'll just, like, gather up all my saliva in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> see how long it takes. <laughs> Fucking weird. So, um, yeah, so this event where the lady um, had the bloody mouth was also um like a ghost tour event so someone inquired if they could like do their own experiment with the mirror and the new kirks were like yeah go ahead uh, just bring it back when you're done and so this lady was like a paranormal investigator she took the mirror alone into a room and closed the door she came back half an hour later freaked the fuck out and said that she had been sitting and watching people walk back and forth behind her <gasps> for half an hour. And she was alone in this in a room. room. Yeah, so it's like, oh. oh, man, she's brave. To make it half an hour looking into that, oh, yeah. I feel like you would just, like, get possessed, you know? So when the event was over, the New Kirks packed up and returned home with their mirror, putting it back on the mantle under its veil. They were very careful to keep it veiled at all times, um, right where it had been, you know, for the past few months. So, Greg reported that that night he was really tired from traveling, and he actually fell asleep in the chair in the living room. When he woke up a few hours later, he opened his eyes to see his cat sitting together in a different chair in the room. And he was like, my cats, like, don't hang out together. Like, they don't sit in a chair together. And then he noticed that they were doing that thing that cats do when they see something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like eyes darting, head kind of moving. Yeah. So he followed their gaze, and they were looking at the mirror. Ooh, that's fun. And then he noticed that the mirror was no longer covered. (gasps) Yeah. So he was like, okay, maybe, like, the cats had knocked the veil off, right? Right. Maybe the wind had blown it off. There was a window open, you know? He kind of, like, brushed it off and was like, Okay, like, don't freak out, you know? So he put the veil back on, and when he, like, went to go, like, grab the veil, 
off of the floor, the cats scattered away. Like ter- like when cats see a vacuum, scatter. Yeah. Oh no, honey. Yeah. And he also said in this blog post that like the cats, like if he would like take the mirror and like show the cats, they would run away every time. Oh uh, no, cats yeah. know everything. Oh, for sure. And they see probably They probably everything. see everything too. Yeah. So he noticed, you know, over the next couple of days that, like, when he would come out into the living room, you know, in the morning, th- he-, he kept finding the veil on the floor as if, like, the mirror was just undraping itself in the middle of the night. So he decided to set up his stop-motion camera to see if he could catch it. So he he left the camera going for, like, seven nights, and... Only three of those nights, the the mirror was unveiled by the next morning. But every single day, Greg would check it, and there would just be no memory on the card. And then at the end of the seventh day, um, the whole entire card had been corrupted. Wow. Yeah, and he couldn't recover it. So a few days later, they headed out for another event and, again, you know, took the mirror with them. This time, um, they weren't seeing... The people that were looking into it weren't seeing themselves as corpses, but, like, older-aged versions of themselves, and a lot of people noted seeing black masses standing behind them. Mm-mm. It's so scary. I feel like that's worse than, like, seeing yourself as a corpse. Like, I'll take it. But, like, a black mass, like, that shit can follow you home. No, seriously. Hell fucking no. I'm not here for that. So, at some point, um, Brock and Dave from the Paramania radio show, I've never heard of it, I didn't look into it, but they asked Greg to sit down for a live interview, so he brought the mirror along, and Brock ended up taking it from him and looking into the glass for literally just a couple of moments before yelling, holy shit, and then describing watching his face twist into an evil grin, even though he had not changed his facial expression. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, you know, Greg described it as if the, the mirror was, like, growing stronger. And now that it had been the highlight of the past few events, uh, it seems like it had latched onto enough people's energy and, like, harbored it. It started becoming a bit of a bad influence, <laughs> which I think is funny. But up until that point, uh, the mirror had basically just been undraping itself at night. But, like, that's... Like, keeping to itself, you know? Right. But it was, like, after this last event, when they took it home, um, Greg said that even though some of the items that they had in their possession came from, like, haunted places or had a high creep factor, it didn't necessarily mean that, like, those items themselves were haunted, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, they hadn't done anything. Right. But after they got home from this last show, it was, like the mirror was like inspiring them to be their true spooky selves so so it's a motivational speaker right yeah it's like pepping everybody up it's like you came here to freak people out and like i'm gonna need you to step up if i can do it you can do it so the haunted painting that the newkirks had in their home finally fell off the wall by itself and one of their creepy dolls named ruby just up and disappeared She was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. She's the fuck out. (laughs) And then both Greg and Dana said that they could hear their charred Ouija planchette moving around in its glass case by itself at night. No. That freaks me the fuck out. Like, at least the doll, like, pieced out, you know, it's like one less thing to be scared of. But, like, hearing a Ouija planchette move itself in the middle of the night hell fucking no absolutely goddamn not yeah so finally they decided that it might not be the best idea to keep the dark mirror out on display in their living room um so just like the original owner had to do before they wrapped it up and locked it away and like for a little extra safety they even draped a rosary over it which makes sense and then like after they locked it away uh all the other objects just like went back to being normal creepy objects that didn't do anything yeah it was really creepy so, unfortunately, that is a literally extent of all of the information that I could find. Uh, like I said, I emailed them, but I didn't get anything uh, back yet. But if they do end up emailing me back, I'll, like, give you guys an update. Yes, please. And as far as I know, you know, the, like, 
the traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult is still a thing um dude that'd be so cool yeah i'm gonna look it up yeah we should like maybe when covid is um dead fucking covid man and they like go on tour or something yeah maybe we could like see if we could find them that would be like super fun would you look in the mirror Fuck yeah, I'd look in the mirror. I would too. That look, that sounds so fun. I would never want to like take it home with me or anything, but like no. I would super duper look into it. I would it. absolutely look into it. Yeah, that sounds super fun. So yeah, that's all I got. I love that. That was a lot of fun. I feel like I've heard of that before, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell you where, when, why, or how. Yeah, or I who. like I couldn't find literally anything besides like this guy's blog post. I found one YouTube video. And that girl literally was was covering just like his blog post as well, you know. Right. It's like, mm. So well, whatever. that was sick, and I'm here for it. Yay! I have a really interesting one for you. I'm so excited. And hang on, I have to adjust because otherwise you won't be able to hear me. Yes. Okay. So I am really really excited for this one. I wanted to cover it last season, but it didn't really like fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad actually told me to cover this. Really? Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. He was really excited, like, when he found out I was starting a podcast, and he told me, like, a bunch of ideas, and this was the one that I think he was most excited about. This one's for you, Daddy. This one? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. This one's for you, sir. Father. Father. <laughs> okay, so, do you know what Dietlov Pass is? I fucking do, and oh my god, I'm so excited. It's... It's wild. It's so eerie. Okay, so this takes place in 1959 when Soviet Union was a thing. Yeah, that's such like a long time ago. But also not a long time no, ago. No, it really wasn't. It was like what 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so January 23rd, 1959, a group of Ten experienced hikers, there was eight men and two women, um, a group of ten experienced hikers and skiers hopped on a train and headed for the Euro Mountains in the middle of the Soviet Union. Igor Dyatlov was the group's leader. Um, you know, Dyatlov mm-hmm. Pass, that's a thing. Igor Dyatlov, Dyatlov Pass. What's Dyatlov Pass mean? That's the name of the cave. Oh. <sighs> God, I'm so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anywho. It's 7 p.m. and I'm still hungover from two days ago. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. I'm a little slow. Anyway. The group um, the group kept, like, a group, like, diary, like, something that they could all, like, write in. Like a log. Or, like a journal. Yeah. They mm-hmm. log things. They ask questions. That's that cute. Kind of thing. And the last entry, while they were on the train, going deep into the mountains, mm-hmm. was, quote, I wonder what awaits us on this hike. Will anything new happen? <gasps> and that was said, written by, I'm so sorry, these are all, like, Russian names. It's okay. Uh, Zen- Zeneda Kalmogorova. Zendaya? No. Zendaya? Zenadia. Z- Zeneda. Zeneda. Zaneda. Are you sure it wasn't Zendaya? I don't know. It might have been. No, no, no. I'm joking. I'm talking about, like, the Zendaya. No, I know. Oh. It might have been. Who knows? Who knows? That woman can do anything. Literally. Maybe she's a time traveler. Probably is. So, once the group got off the train, they took multiple different forms of transportation to kind of, like, start heading where they wanted to go. Um, so, after they got off the train, they hopped on a bus, and then they got on a horse and sleigh. And then after that, they kept going on foot. Interesting. Yes. They also had, like, the skis, like, you know, like, the mm-hmm. the things that you can walk through snow in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> Snowshoes? Is that what they're called? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> so, on January 28th, one of the hikers, his name was Yuri, um, he started to feel sick, so he actually decided to head back by himself. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of left the group and was like, peace. They had, like, a bunch of, like, pictures and stuff. That was one thing. Oh, wait. I'm getting to this. Never mind. Okay. Um, so then there were nine hikers. Mm Mm-hmm. The group continued on. So, wait, wait, wait. That man must feel so... 
blessed. So this guy actually lived until like 2000. I think he died in 2013. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, like imagine you'll. I mean, reading this story or like knowing what this story is. Mm-hmm. Like imagine being that guy. Oh my god. And thinking like, I dodged a motherfucking bullet. Yeah. He saved his own life. He literally did. Well, Thank God for an upset stomach. You know what I'm talking true. about? True. Sometimes the runs are a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, he headed back. Then there were nine hikers. Um, the group went on. They actually documented pretty much everything. They all had journals. They all had, like, that group diary mm-hmm. or journal. And they also had a couple cameras. Mm-hmm. So they are taking pictures and whatever. Um... The journals and the photographs that they recovered from them indicated that, you know, for the most part, everything went as planned. They kept going for a couple days. And then on February 1st, they reached the foot of a mountain known as Dead Mountain. Oof. I'm not sure why they call it that. I mean, maybe that name came after this case. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so the group spends most of that day hiking up the mountain, and they decided to set up camp a few hundred, like, they were so close to the peak of that mountain, mm-hmm. but they still, like, it was getting dark. They didn't want to keep going up. So they were a few hundred meters from the peak, and then the last sentence of the last journal entry said, quote, it is difficult to imagine such a comfort on the ridge with trill howling winds hundreds of kilometers away from human settlements. So that was the last journal entry. How do I, how do we feel about that? It's I don't know. Like I can't imagine these people knew what they were going into. Mm-hmm. But like the way that that like that just doesn't that's I don't like that. No, I don't. Like it doesn't it either. sound right. Like it's like they subconsciously know that something is gonna happen. Yeah, it's like a little unsettling. Yeah. So a few weeks go by, and friends and relatives of the hikers they start to worry because no one has been heard from. Mm-hmm. Um, they, no one came home other than the sick one. So they gathered up a group of a bunch of volunteers to head out to the mountains to search for them. Mm-hmm. And then on February twenty sixth, the volunteers reached the camp where the hikers had set up, and it was the like the camp, you know, the last place that I told you that they were. Mm-hmm. Like um, right by the peak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the tent was collapsed and it was covered in a thin layer of snow. Um, the hikers' belongings were orderly and in proper place. Like they were all like organized underneath like the fallen tent. Um, but the tent had been slashed like from the inside. <sighs> yeah. So that's so like yeah. ominous and like creepy. This this is like a really creepy story. Yeah. Um and then when they kind of started looking around, they noticed that there were nine sets of footprints that led the volunteers down the slope and towards the woods that were kind of at like the base. <gasps> oh. Yes. Um the footprints were clean. Like it didn't look like they were in a hurry. It looked like they calmly like like walked walked, walked down this mountain. And, like, not in a panic way. Uh-huh. Um, so the footprints stopped about half half a kilometer down, and they kind of just assumed that snow had covered the rest because, like, they just stopped. So... Dude, that is so scary. No, I know. It's... Oh. Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I like, started my notes a couple weeks ago, or a couple days ago, and I've been, like, thinking about it, mm-hmm. like, hardcore ever since. Um, so the volunteers continued down in the direction that they had initially been going and they came up to a large cedar tree at the edge of the woods and they found remnants of what once was a campfire and also found the frozen bodies of two of the hikers. Oh my god! So that's two out of nine. Um, it took two months for all of the bodies to be recovered. Damn. And... After the two who were initially found, the next, they found two more. Mm -hmm. Um, They were extremely underdressed. They didn't have any coats. They didn't have pants on. They didn't have hats, gloves, boots. Like, they didn't have anything. They were basically in a t-shirt and underwear. Right. Um, They estimated that at the time of their death, it was about negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, 
holy shit, that is, like, way too cold to not be wearing any clothes at all. Right. Like, it's 32 degrees here, and I want to cut my feet off. Yeah, it's, like, big puffy coat season. Right. So, the cedar tree where the first two were found, it looked like it had damage. Like, about five meters up the tree were broken branches, so it looked like somebody, like, was climbing up. Okay. Um, It was kind of suspected that one of them tried to climb up to maybe see if they could see where the tent went mm-hmm. or like if they could see really anything yeah yeah just to help them or maybe just climb the tree for fun right <laughs> so that is four out of nine so the next three were found at different locations between the tent and the tree um and they were all three covered by like a few inches of snow mm-hmm. um but they, when their bodies were found, they, it looked like they were heading towards the tent. Okay. So they were, it looked like they were trying to climb back up. Um, they were dressed a little better. Um, not by much. They didn't have boots. They didn't have hats. They didn't have gloves. They just had like a little bit more clothes on. This is so scary. I know. <laughs> and I'm just like imagining these like search volunteers, like finding all of this, like, that's so, like, mortifying. Right. Um, well, my math here's a little wrong. <laughs> but, anyway. Um, so, all of the ones that I've already mentioned mm-hmm. appeared to have died of hypothermia. Okay. I mean, it makes so, sense. So, yes. And four of them were intoxicated. Okay. So... Doesn't really play like a huge role in the future. Do you know which ones? Like, were was it the naked ones? Because I feel like that would make sense. Um, it didn't say. They were very like. I I found out their names, but because there was nine of them and they're all in Russian. Oh yeah, that's hard to keep track of. I yeah, I figured it would be too confusing if I included names. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so four of them were intoxicated, and the last ones were found at the bottom of a hill. Covered by three meters of snow. Wow. 75 meters away from the tree in the opposite direction of the tent. So, like, that cedar tree. Uh-huh. So, they were 75 meters away from the tree in the opposite direction of the tent. Okay. And three of them had deadly injuries. One of them had a fractured skull. And the other two had fractured ribs and massive internal bleeding. Um, they think that it was due to a fall, and I'll kind of, like, come back to this mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, but they said the injuries actually resembled injuries you'd sus- you'd sustain, like, during a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them were, like, inflicted by another person. Like, it just looked like they fell. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is really gross. <sighs> Um, two had been found with gaping eye sockets. Oh! And, um, one of the women was missing her tongue. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the part that, like, when I think about this, this event is, like, what stands out to me. You know, it's like, what led to losing her tongue, you know? Like, that makes no sense at all. Oh, yeah, no. Like, and... Again, we're kind of going to, like, touch on this in a little bit, but I feel like if it was, like, an animal or something, like, they wouldn't just take the fucking tongue. I've never heard of any animal. Unless it's maybe a chupacabra. <laughs> right. <laughs> or something. Maybe a yeti. <laughs> but. Right. That is so uncomfortable and terrifying and just disgusting. And gaping eye sockets. I hate that phrase. That is, like, literally, like, the most disgusting thing. So were they, like, missing their eyes? Yeah. Oh. And again, what animal is just going to take the eyeballs? Yeah, like, it's it's not even beefy. It's not the beefy goodness. <laughs> it's, like, juicy. Yeah. But. Anywho, um, the last of the ones that had just been found had... I'm sorry. The last person in that group, that last group that was found, mm-hmm. um, he had a broken nose and a deformed neck. Oh, but she, it said that she had died of hypothermia as well. Like deformed as in like broken neck. 
That's, how I, I, that's what that. I would imagine. Like, I kind of imagine, like, the bent neck lady from The Haunting of Hill House. Uh-huh, yeah. But who the f- it, it didn't. Oh, it my didn't. God, that's so scary. Yeah. So, after starting to investigate, they also noted that three items of clothing were abnormally radioactive. Ooh. Yeah. We're getting, it's getting interesting now. Radioactive. It's How do you even, like, find out that something's radioactive? Well, they have those, like, sensors, you know? Like, remember, I don't know if you've ever seen anything on, like, Chernobyl, but, like, they dress in, like, the hazmat suits, and then they go uh-huh. with, like, these radars, and it, like, beeps and oh, stuff. Oh. Like, um, in Monsters, Inc., when they, like... Oh, with the with sock. The sock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> so... On May 28th, the criminal case was discontinued with a very vague conclusion. It, they said, quote, The cause of death was an unknown compelling force which the hikers were unable to overcome. That is Un- so vague. <laughs> right. Like, like, what does that even mean? Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we're going to go back to the condition of the bodies. Okay. Um, as far as, like, the missing tongue goes, some people think it was removed while she was still alive. <gasps> some think animals got to it. And I couldn't actually find anything legit on this, but, like, there was one that said, like, some people do believe that it was found, like, somewhere else. Oh, really? Yeah. That's but very I, I couldn't. I couldn't find anything, like, legit on that. I mean, it had to be somewhere, right? Right. Maybe in the belly of the beast? I don't know. Maybe in the belly of one of the other hikers. <laughs> Who knows? Or a few. Um, the medical report for that victim just said, quote, the diaphragm of the mouth and tongue is missing, unquote. Diaphragm? Yeah. Because, you know, the tongue goes... Oh, yeah, it goes, like, really yeah. into the neck, yeah. Yeah. Um... People think that her tongue was, you know, cut out, removed, whatever, while she was still alive because she had blood in her stomach. Oh, so she would have been swallowing it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but that one was kind of iffy because she also had internal bleeding. Uh Uh-huh. So, like... Okay. But... Yeah, but, like, in her stomach, that's, like, pretty specific. Right. So, yikes. Right. Um, and as far as the eyeballs, or lack thereof, yeah, uh, the medical report said, quote, gaping orbits, the eyeballs are missing, unquote. Could, could they have put it any nastier? Right. Gaping orbits. I mean, I guess maybe <laughs> okay. that is a scientific terminology. I don't yeah. know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I mean, like. But it sounds a little insensitive. Orbital. Yeah. I get it. But that's disgusting. Yeah. I, like, and also, like, what? Why, why are eyeballs missing? Right. Why is the tongue missing? It's so bizarre. It, it makes is. no sense. It doesn't. Nothing about this makes sense. And it, like... <sighs> oh, I swear, if I could, like, just die for a day and talk to one of these people and just know... Yeah. I would totally do it. Dude, same. Um. So the medical examiner basically stated that... All of this happened due to decomposition and the fact that she was exposed to water because she was, like, sitting in melting snow, apparently. But if it's negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit, I doubt it's melting. Anyway. Uh, yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, they said that she was exposed to water before she was found. So, what, that's why her tongue's gone? Or her eyeballs are gone? Or Yeah, decomposition. But, like... That makes no fucking sense. Why are her eyeballs completely fucking gone? Yeah. Like, it's it, not it, like they just dissolve, like, ice cubes. Well, and she's been frozen. Like, yeah, right. Losing a body, like, preserves it, you know? Yeah. Ow. Um, so now we're going to talk about the radiation of the clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, apparently everything does have a little bit of re- radioactivity. Like, everything? Yeah, like, there's always, like, at least a little bit. Um, that makes sense. But under normal circumstances, 150 square centimeters should not exceed 5,000 disintegrations per minute of, like, radioactivity. So, the three articles of clothing that were found, I believe there was two pairs of, or one pair of pants and two shirts, mm-hmm. um, but they were between 5,000 and 9,900. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, 
the what like the media was saying was that the reasoning that like behind this mm-hmm. was that the clothes were contaminated as radioactive dust fell from the atmosphere or the clothes were susceptible to contamination when in contact with radioactive substances. But what substances? Well, and why, if that were the case, like, why were only three of those? Yeah, like, so. out of everything, you know? Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to do a, a little left turn here. We're going to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, multiple people reported UFO sightings around this same time it's always aliens it's always it's always aliens the radioactivity come on aliens would want to take your tongue and eyeballs you're probably right um but yeah so multiple people reported on this Mm -hmm. and they all said that they appeared as orbs of light moving across the night sky Uh, love that yeah and actually so there was another group of hikers not like with them or anything but they were like kind of in the same vicinity mm-hmm. um but there was another group of hikers that reported seeing it the night the other hikers died Oof. so aliens aliens it's the only explanation yeah um so on one of the hikers cameras because they were taking pictures of the whole the whole time um the very last picture that was taken on that camera appeared to have been a light source in the middle of the night <gasps> aliens <Yeah. laughs> oh my it's god it's such a weird picture because like in one of the things that i watched they showed a lot of pictures and this one was literally just black and then there was like a white like light to it was weird like um, maybe like a flashlight like if you were to shine yeah. a flashlight in a dark room towards a camera and take a picture kind of right yeah okay Ooh, that's like really ominous though i know um, and some people believe the picture was of falling space debris, a rocket, a meteor, falling stuff like space that. debris, just but, normal things. But this did take place during the space race, and Russia was like, like it was like between us and Russia, oh, I think, yeah. or maybe it was China. Doesn't Either matter. way, we were in the space race, so it wasn't abnormal for like things to be like up in the sky. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> aliens, though. Yeah, aliens, definitely. Um. Also, there was no evidence of anything mm-hmm. falling to Earth that night. Yeah, no reports. No reports. So, we got a couple theories here. Mm-hmm. The first one, and this one actually kind of makes sense, and it kind of makes me, like, not as afraid of this story. Um, but the first one is that there was a fire inside the tent, because they had, like, a homemade, like, heater almost like a wood-burning stove or whatever okay um and when they tried to put it out and kind of like took it apart they think that it reignited Mm -hmm. and so going off in flames uh they cut holes in the top of the tent to like let it air out and then interesting yeah and like let the smoke get out of the tent and when they couldn't put it out they cut the side of the tent completely open to escape Mm-hmm. Um, which would explain why they walked down the mountain instead of, like, running away in a panic. Because, like, you, I mean... Yeah. It it, it sucks, but it's not, yeah. like, run away. Right. Um, but, yeah, that would explain why they walked down the mountain and were pretty underdressed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another theory that an avalanche, like, kind of forced them out of the tent, or fear of an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't any evidence that one had happened, especially because, like... You could still see all their stuff. Like, it was just buried under a little bit of snow. Yeah. Like, not I mean, and it also had been, what, like, two weeks since they had been missing. Right. So, it's not unlikely that it would not have snowed, you know? Right. Um, Actually, going back to the first one with the fire, um, apparently one of them had burnt hands. Oh, Um, But they do think that that might have been from when they built the fire by that tree. Okay. They think that it could have been from that, too. So, you know. But, like, burnt hands. That's, like, like, it takes a minute. Yeah. You know? Well, and there was a picture um, of one of the hikers, and he was wearing a jacket that looked like it had been burnt. Like, okay. I don't know. It, it was weird. Like, he, not when he was found dead. 
Oh. Like, when he was alive, like, the night before. Uh-huh. He was, like, everybody was still alive. In photos? Yeah. Ooh, and, like, the photos that weird. they took. Yeah. So I want to see these photos. They're really interesting. I'll send you the, the documentary that I watched. I'll... Okay. We'll post it, too. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. I didn't write it down. Um, another theory is catabotic wind. Um, and I didn't know what this was, so I'm going to tell you guys what it is. I don't know what it is. It carries high-density air from a higher elevation down a slope under the force of gravity. Yeah. I don't really get it. I don't either. <laughs> but I'll, you know, do with that what you will. That's high, the definition. High-density wind under gravity? Down a slope under the force of gravity. So, like... So, like, heavy wind. Yeah. Okay. Th- that's kind of what I got from it. But all the things that I saw on it said that it was really dangerous, mm-hmm. especially if, you know... That, I mean, that situation that might it sounds dangerous enough to possibly like bruise somebody's ribs and cause internal bleeding if right. it like punches you, you know, or like if you hit something on your way down, mm-hmm. which is what they think happened to the to those ones, the ones that did sustain those injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, they think going back to like the avalanche one, they think that maybe an avalanche like took them and like threw them where they were and like because there was a bunch of it was like by like a stream kind of mm-hmm. or like a i don't know like a little ditch whatever yeah but there was like rocks and stuff in there so i don't know yeah also they were under three meters of snow right yeah they were under a ton of snow. that's a lot which i mean none of the other ones like some of them were under a few inches but it wasn't like mm-hmm. anything crazy um and then there was another wind-related one where it created an infrasound that can induce a panic. Um, oh, yeah. Or that can induce, like, panic attacks. And so they think the group panicked and ran. hmm But I feel like that wouldn't have the same effect on everybody. So unless, like, right. one person left and they were chasing... Yeah. Like, to go grab that person, like, I don't know, it doesn't really, like, make a ton of sense to me. But also but. their their footprints were calm. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Um, so, there's some speculation that the campsite fell within the path of a Soviet parachute mine exercise. Um, they were known to have them in that area at that time uh-huh. um and this theory alleges that the hikers were woken by loud explosions and fled the tent in a panic mm-hmm. um and found themselves unable to return back to their back to their tent um and after some members froze to death attempting to i'm i like copied and pasted this part sorry mm-hmm. i'm like reading it word for word you're good um but after some members froze to death attempting to endure the bombardment other Others commandeered their clothing only to be fatally injured by subsequent parachute mine concussions. Um, there, like I said, are records of this happening. Mm-hmm. So basically, like, they were doing a, a war exercise. And, okay, and they were just like, get the fuck out of the way. Well, either that or they didn't know that they were there. Okay. Yeah, and it was, that would be really scary. Yeah. Um, do you know what paradoxical undressing is? Is that where you're, like, so cold that you feel hot? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you take all your clothes off. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what they think that they did because some of them were wearing, you know. And it was, what, negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah. Yeah, that's so cold. Yeah. Um, I hadn't, I didn't write it down, but I had another one that I was just thinking about and I totally forgot it. Oh, well. It'll come back to you. I'm sure it will. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is all I have for that one. I don't know. It's just like, it's really messed up. That shit is so insane and uncomfortable and like, catch me never camping in the winter on a mountain. That's what I'm saying. Like, what kind of fun is that? That's like, who, who wants to do that? Literally awful. No I offense have... if you want to do that so much respect for people who like want to climb mountains and shit but like i would never yeah i would literally never especially if it was cold i hate being cold i do too and i'm always cold and camping even like in the summertime is scary (laughs) i will only camp in a campground 
Tony and I went like off the grid camping over quarantine. That sounds so fun. It was terrifying. I didn't even sleep because I was <laughs> scared. That's funny. I kept hearing leaves rustle around and I was like, this is it. This is how I die. <laughs> well, well, that was fun. That was fun. I also did not remember to look at what you're doing next week. People aren't supposed to know. Well, you can cut this out. Um, I'm covering a serial killer. Okay. 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 Cut. Cut. Uh, so Alicia, next week I'm going to have you cover a conspiracy theory. Yes, I love conspiracy theories. I do too. I think they're so fun. They are so fun. And I had so much fun doing the Hollow Earth one, so I'm really excited. But I'm going to have you do a serial killer. So we're like throwing it back to season one this season time. Season one. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's okay. There's plenty of serial killers to There's cover. There's so many. How exciting. I'm excited. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Well, Taylor, where can the people find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod, And then you can send us your stories at creepyweegeepod at gmail.com. And, 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 and that's it. And we love you. And we love you. If you want to, like, follow our personal accounts. Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, mine is Tay underscore MCN. Mine is Freak on a Leash underscore. Hell yeah. So, with that, we will catch you guys next week on Tuesday. Next week, Tuesday, midnight, on the dot. Be there, be square. Yeah. Love you. Love you.